Folks, we are back with another edition of the Red and White Podcast. I'm your host, Evan, and to much people's dismay, we did not forget about the podcast. I thought you were going to say my co-host is Will. <laughs> no. Everyone's dismay. <laughs> Everybody knows. No. <clears throat> I got a ton of messages. You know, your feed's not working. I was like, I know it's not working. We haven't put anything up. It's been the holidays. <laughs> been a lot of stuff I wanted to talk about, but I had other things going on. And yeah, so here we are. It's January 2023. The national championship game just kicked off. But the real talk is about the Mayo Bowl. What'd you think of that game? Uh, it stunk. <laughs> yeah, uh, no offensive I I... TDs again. Yeah. It's just really hard to watch a bowl game nowadays where if there's been any turnover right or any key players are sitting out my god did we want to win that game because we sure didn't call plays like we were trying to win it was like can we please get this over with as fast as possible is what it felt like at times so you're just jumping right into the heart of it <clears throat> I, yeah I, you know i New think Year. dave dorn doesn't give a poop about bowl games <laughs> like that's like unless it's a major bowl game, unless there's I guess ten wins on the line, even so, I, I just don't think he cares. Yeah, I I think the team. I don't say the team, but the coaches and the plan was very. Let's just get this, you know, let's get this game over with. We can do whatever with this game. I just every everything, all the signs scream that they don't care, and. To me, it was like an opportunity for Kurt Roper to come out and, you know, pull all the tricks out of the playbook. We didn't see any trick plays. We didn't see any anything unique. It was extremely vanilla. We didn't score any offensive TDs. They kicked the field goal from the two-yard line, which is, yeah. you know, they're just doing this to help Dunn get records at this point. There was no attempt at trying to really win that game. My only conclusion is that if it's a game like that, we don't care about it. If we're the better team and win, otherwise, don't bet on us to win a bowl game like that. I just think there's just no give a hoop. They didn't – MJ didn't play, and that's a whole other thing we'll get into, but uh, Ben Finley was terrible. He shows you why he was the fourth quarterback, the scout team quarterback, and it also shows me how bad Carolina's defense was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've got a little theory. I wonder if um, if MJ was taking basically all the starter reps in camp or not camp, but, you know, bowl prep. Bowl practice. Right. And then they decided to not play him. Right. So Ben's still, you know, kind of coming in cold because, like, I mean, he just didn't look the same. You know, he it looked like the Louisville game, right, where he came in cold or not cold, but, you know, uh, four days of practice. Right. And then looked like crap. Um, so I wonder if it was a little self-inflicted, but it was like, yeah, to your point, I think when we did our last pod, I was like, oh, I, I figure Roper and Joker 
are going to understand they're not OCs so they can go out and have fun and call plays and, you know, trick plays, just have some energy, you know, energy to it. And instead it was just like, let's just get this over with. Let's move on. Maybe the defense will score. It was like watching that Syracuse game again. You know what I mean? It was worse than that to me. There was, just, there was no attempt to, at do, to do anything yeah. other than our extremely base formations. Uh, I have they a didn't even try to roll Finley out like they did in the Carolina game. And, and when they did do anything you know, semi-quarterback-centric, he was terrible. He was throwing balls over guys' heads, their feet, and like just – just it's just an opportunity you think for two guys who are I don't want to say like working for a job but you know Roper wants to get back to an OC I would imagine I don't and, think so <laughs> maybe not maybe he's maybe he's living the life now but you, I just you would think that he would pull out all the stops and just like all right let's let's go like video game style it, and you didn't even have to do it long. Could have done it for one quarter and beat this game because Maryland couldn't do anything against our defense. Yeah. It was almost like no one liked didn't like it was like they didn't want to run Beck's offense. Does it make sense? Like it was Maybe. like they're sitting there just yeah. like, oh, I gotta call this crap. Well, I can't change anything because that's quote unquote not fair to play. I would have rather had 15 practices with an eye and rolled out some half-baked an eye offense than sit through that. I mean, it wouldn't have worked because of the timing and all that stuff, but it, it was, it was just gross to watch. I, there was a part of me that thought, I wonder if we're benching MJ and playing Finley to make this quarterback room look appealing to Armstrong or whomever that they were recording at the time because, well, yeah, well, I, I just want to say, because my thinking was like, if it was a regular season game, I think MJ would have played right. Oh, but my knees sore. that wouldn't have stopped us from playing. And if he had gone out there and just waxed Maryland, which I think any competent quarterback could have, the way that our defense was playing that game, you know, maybe that causes some issues for them. So I just wonder if there was all kinds of contributing factors. Dave doesn't want to get mayonnaise on his head. Dave only cares about a bowl game when it gets him a record. You know, trying to get done points. Like It was like almost like everything they tried to do was like, let's just bog this down and like I... I can't imagine that. One. I, well, actually, I know it was not fun to go to and sit to that game because my boss was texting me throughout it how miserable it was. It's just yeah, I mean, I was watching it and I was like, "This is awful." Like, and yeah, it was. I started doing chores. I, I agree with you. <laughs> I think you. It, it would have been more beneficial to see any sort of semblance of an NI offense, at least get them in practice. But I mean, I get why they didn't. They don't do it. But like Luke Fickle went to took the Wisconsin job and he coached that bowl game. He wasn't just wearing a headset. He was involved. And I thought that was interesting to me. Was he? I thought he was just kind of listening and uh-uh. not really doing anything. No, cover three was talking about how, how involved he was and how hmm, he was risking it by coaching that game. Yeah. Well, there were some guys in the stands, I guess on IPS that were saying that two J was at first for a couple of quarters, he was like sitting out and letting the GA or whoever the hell was coaching the offensive line yeah. do their thing. And right. And then apparently by the end of the game, he started stepping in, but like, that's one I don't understand. Yeah. Why, like, why couldn't, why couldn't he step in at least and be like, look, I'm just going to be here as a, you know, a veteran voice in the room and, and provide some guidance like that. That to me was kind of like, it's, we're not trying to win. You're letting 
guys who aren't on the staff, basically. I mean, well, not on the staff, but you know, graduate assistants whatnot, run the offense, run the offensive line. Like, I think part of that is exactly that is let the GAs get their shine, right? Let them get a yeah. like, get their moment. But it's weird, man. It's like the defense was so good, had been all year, kind of showed you why. They're one of I think they're the only team left that didn't give up a thirty point game all year. Like that's wild to me. And Tetson Bennett. <laughs> yeah, you just don't I don't know. It, it it feels a bit disingenuous. Like they treated that game like that and you know, let the defense down, so to speak. I, I feel like that's been the story of the the whole year. But yeah, touchdown Georgia. Yeah, I, I, you know, again, defense had all their coaches, right? Had basically <clears throat> all their players and, you know, looked like a well-oiled machine out there. Um, I cannot wait to pair a competent offense with whatever Tony Gibson is doing. Um, I don't know. This to me, it was just like the perfect game to say goodbye, farewell, Tim Beck and everything associated with you. Cause that was just a miserable viewing experience. Like we just, we didn't do anything. There was like no motion, right? I was like, okay, at least you're going to give like jet sweeps and something to, to Julian gray and get stuff. It's like, no, they were just like, no, I don't want to put a single thing on film. I don't want to have these guys think about anything. Just sucked. And then like just some of the stuff at the end of the game, like the things they were doing there, I was just like, I was like, you're, you're trying not to win. It, it felt like we were throwing the game and it felt like Maryland was too at times. Like, I don't know, man. Just a, there's a reason we didn't I, want to podcast for a little bit. That game just was such a bummer. It was. And like, I think you're right. The part of the, they didn't want to put anything on film for the hopes that they were getting a transfer quarterback. Right. Like I know over the last few, couple days or so there's been some I don't know what's the right word controversy maybe I don't know it's not really controversial but Brennan Armstrong committed to state which we'll talk about but the bigger thing has been and I honestly I know what people think about state fans nation right the Twitter account yeah I think a lot of it is at this point um, retrospective hate for previous comments. Non, I don't know what the what the right word is for non politically correct comments, but essentially he wrote a tweet. Whoever this person may be, wrote a tweet recently, and it essentially was asking. It was comparing. Uh, what was it? The Philip Rivers years, right? And if Chuck Amato didn't play Phil at some point, you know, for a, a game where he could get hurt or something like that because he was sore or something. I, I don't remember how he phrased it, but he took a ton of heat because people are completely reading it out of context. He's they think they he's calling MJ out for not playing, which is the exact opposite of what he's saying. And I'm it feels weird that I have to defend somebody like this. I just, it's so stupid. The amount of hate that he took for it when all week he was saying things similar and MJ Morris's mom is engaging and liking the content and doing all these other things. Like 
he's essentially saying, why would he practice all this time and then not play if he's so hurt? Yeah. And people took it the complete wrong way. And it's just, it it's mind boggling that it got that blown out of proportion. Here's the tweet. Could you imagine Chuck Amato being worried about Philip Rivers confidence and choosing to sit him from a nationally televised game versus Maryland watched by millions where a trophy was being awarded to rivers was sore and only had nine months to rest for this next game. Like, I get it. It's poorly worded, but it's Twitter. It's hard to write, to articulate. But at the same time, it's not that hard who he was criticized. It's not criticizing MJ. Yeah. He very clearly says, imagine Chuck Amato being worried about Philip Rivers. So it, the analogy is, imagine Dave Doran, right? I, it's so People are so stupid, and it just got taken out of context. But the broader point to me is that I, you know, he practiced a lot and MJ's mom was clearly not happy that he didn't play. So there's got to be something else. There was something weird of why he didn't play. He didn't, he warmed up. He was there. He was having a good time. You see him on all the social media stuff. and He was fine moving around, whatever. Was he sore? Maybe I'm not in those conversations. I do think the bigger part of it this is where I'm going with all this is that they didn't want him to play. Yeah. They didn't want to risk him getting hurt. I get it. But they also didn't want him to go out and have a great game. And then, one, you're putting film out there in case he wants to transfer. You do land Brendan Armstrong. And, two, you don't want to discourage landing a veteran quarterback like you're trying to land. I think the bigger thing is if he goes out and lights it up, you land Armstrong, and now he's got people calling him and say, hey, come to us, come to us, come to us. Yeah. Instead of his last film being him semi-hurt playing against BC, which is a game you lost, right? And he wasn't great. So there's probably some gamesmanship going on why he didn't play there. I think it was silly, but I, I do get it. Am I wrong? Is that crazy? Yeah, I mean, I feel like I think it's simple. One, Dave didn't care enough about getting a win to potentially injure him. Right. And if he had been full go, I think he would have let him go. But when he said he was sore, I think Dave was looking for any excuse to to not have to play that guy. And, you know, he didn't seem like he was that. I mean, I feel like his mom is more upset about this than than MJ was publicly. You know, I don't think MJ is worried about Brennan Armstrong. Uh, you know, like we said a few weeks ago, he was liking tweets about Brennan Armstrong being linked to NC State which is something you don't see a starting quarterback right. typically do, right? So there's a part of me that thinks he knows that he's got time um, still to develop. So maybe he knew that he was kind of shoved into this earlier than expected. Um, I don't know. I mean, he didn't look like he was in a bad mood. So it's kind of just like... I, I, I think like people are so worried about a f- like the fragile nature of kids that you're like, Oh, you're bringing in a quarterback. He's going to transfer. We don't, we don't love him enough. And I think it's ridiculous. Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure MJ expected to come in and not play at all this year and sit and, you know, even possibly have another year behind Devin Leary. Like there's still, he knew what he was getting into. And I don't think he's that fragile that he is going to up and transfer because you're bringing in a veteran quarterback who knows the system that you want to run, who's a guy who's had prolific seasons. And I just, people, I think people are so worried about him leaving. He's not going to, he's not going to leave. If he leaves. Okay. So what? You lost a guy who's talented, but lost to BC at home. Like there's a lot of ways to look at this. 
I'm not that concerned. I'm, I'd rather take the upside and bring in a veteran quarterback. And I know that Dave is not going to bring in a, a quarterback on a visit and say, oh, yeah, MJ, here's our quarterback we're going to bring in. He definitely told his quarterback room. Yeah. He's not stupid. He's a lot of things, but he's not dumb. And he knows how to keep that culture. You don't keep that culture by, you know, not telling your quarterback you're going to bring another guy in. You tell him you're going to bring another guy in who's lit it up and who you can learn a lot from so that, you know, obviously we played four quarterbacks this year. You probably still play anyway, but when he's gone, now you really know the system and now you've learned from a guy who's, who's done it and proven it. I think, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't take MJ as being that mentally fragile that he's just going to transfer, but I, I, that's where everybody's coming from. Like, oh, he's going to leave. He's not going to leave. Yeah. Maybe he's going to beat him out. Yeah, maybe beat like, him out. Who knows? I, I mean, yeah. <laughs> there's another. There's there's so many different ways this could could roll out. But like, I mean, first off, I mean, if you don't like what State Fan Nation says, which I don't, I I, I used to love that site, and then I don't know what the hell's happened to it. But just mute them, block them, don't follow them. I think people assign way more influence to um, Twitter accounts than reality. Seriously, um, yeah. You know, I guarantee you in like three days, you're not even going to remember what this tweet said. I could barely remember what it said. Oh, yeah, um, I can look it up. <laughs> yeah, like it's just it, who cares? You know, so it's like I see all these people getting really upset about it. And it's like you cannot. <laughs> I, I don't know. First I all, read properly and then yeah. you can get you can misplace your rage somewhere else. Like it's, it's silly. Yeah. And I get it, wanna, too, because people yell us all the time. I, I can't believe you said that. Or I can't believe you tweeted that. Like, stop we're, just, we're just human beings on the side. What was the um, one? Oh, yeah. So a couple weeks ago, I put out a, a 10 minute take and we talked about when, when you and I were talking about the mullet quarterback or that was the mullet person who was throwing drills in uh, or doing drills in the practice. Oh, facility. yeah, 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 yeah. Right. And we and we clearly said. It's a rumor, right? We heard that somebody said that this there's no validation to it. Yeah. And then said, I don't think I was like, I don't know if it's Grayson McCall. Like there is a guy with a mullet throwing drill. Could have been anybody. I posted that. And I swear to God, not 30 minutes later, I get a text message from somebody. Oh, Evan said that uh, Grayson McCall is in the practice facility. I was like, that is not at all what I said. It was, it was a 10 minute take. People take things. They don't listen and they don't read and they just take these things and twist them. It was so misplaced. They're like, that is not what we said. I very clearly said, hey, this is a rumor. If it could be this guy, if it is, and we did talk about Grace McCall. So I, I know how that connection was made, but we clearly stated it's a rumor. It's somebody we don't know who it is, if it's Grace McCall. And that's why we talked about him because he was the transfer quarterback that I was hoping to get. It was Drake Mayne. Anyway. Um, yeah. It could have been yeah. anybody. Like, who knows? Right. Could have been. It could have been Drake Thomas and his long hair. We just had the conversation and it, it like it didn't take but 30, 45 minutes for me to get a text message from somebody else who said, I can't believe you said this. It's like, that's not what I said. Go and listen to it. Yeah. It's, ridiculous. it's so dumb. It's so dumb. It is. Super, um, it is, is it ridiculous. Georgia better go. For anyway. Um, <laughs> Armstrong. We brought in Armstrong and I think it was a move you had to make. The quarterback you can't go into next year with the quarterback room of Ben Finley. Lex Thomas and MJ Morris. I mean, you that's could I mean, that's if your... you want to lose a bunch of games once one person gets yeah, injured. Yeah. yeah, exactly. We played four quarterbacks this year. Four. You can't go into a quarterback. You can't go into a year 
when your job is to win games with that quarterback room. I don't care. I don't care what the, what your argument is. You have to have a quarterback who can play. Brandon Armstrong, yeah, didn't have a great year this year at Virginia. He also was running an offense under Des Kitchens. <laughs> I mean, seriously, Robin and I left Virginia, and not, uh, and uh, Armstrong has doesn't have a great year. Now, Virginia had some other stuff going on, so it's not all on Des, but they were just clearly not as good, right? Yeah. And you get a guy who – I'm going to pull up these stats. Brendan Armstrong – under Robert and I, 17, 72 QBR, 63 passing, 63% completion percentage, 8.6 yards per attempt, 328 yards per game, 49 touchdowns, 21 interceptions. When he's got Des Kitchings or it's his others, his QB rating is 44, 50% completion passage, 55% completion percentage, excuse me, six yards per attempt. 220 passing yards per game, seven touchdowns, 12 interceptions. Like he clearly likes what an eye does. But the bigger fact is if Brendan Armstrong, this is a, this was crazy. If Brendan Armstrong duplicates his 2021 season that he had at Virginia under an eye, he finished with 13,483 career passing yards. That's one yard shy of Phillip Rivers career ACC record. That's wild to me. Yeah, especially like, that's a wild stat. I remember watching him when we played them up in Charlottesville, and I was like, I don't get it. I don't get why people. Yeah. Like oh yeah, guy, we talked about it. You yeah. know, um, I still. I mean, he to me is a, a perfect example of right fit for certain systems. Um, I I mean, as far as transfer quarterbacks, like I really don't know who else you were going to pull in, and I don't understand why anyone would be upset by this. Um. I think it's kind of a no-brainer. Um, it sounds like he's going to fit in here. He sat, someone was saying that on his visit, he was pretty. He's just no nonsense. Um, so he's like right in the Dave mold. <laughs> um, Dave has finally got his Jordan Lynch, who the, but a better thrower. Like this is the yeah. guy that he had at Northern Illinois that he loved, and he's got he's got him now. But I think Armstrong's a better quarterback and a better. Yeah, thrower. I also think MJ. Like here's the thing too: is like he pairs well with. MJ, I think in that factor, because I think MJ in another year or so is, is, is that too. Like he's maybe more of a power runner. I'm trying to remember because Lynch, I thought was kind of more of a power runner. He is. Um, I think. Yeah. But like, I, I guess what my point is like, now we have two quarterbacks that are power running, throwing quarterbacks. The scheme doesn't have to change when you go from one to the other. If someone gets injured, whatever. Um, yeah, I think he just fits what you want to do. And I just I just love I, I love the fact that at the end of his press conference, Dave said, like, we've got to evolve on offense. Like, yeah, that was I don't know yeah. what took so long. And I don't know what he meant specifically. I don't know if that meant, hey, we're going to throw it more. We're going to get more motion, like whatever, because like, you know, I think of an eye as like a pass friendly Canada as far as motion formations and things he does. He tries to. He tries to screw with the defense at every every chance he gets. Every single snap, you're going to see someone moving, trying to make something happen. Um, and so it's just kind of interesting to me. I always wondered how we kind of went from Canada to drink. Made sense. Then we stuck with Dez. Then we went to Tim, which felt like it did feel like kind of like a regression going back to 
just like a combination. He like Tim Beck to me is like an assimilator of offenses. Um, maybe that happens when you're like 20 plus years into your career doing this, but um, I, did I, you hear I just, the Robert and I interview with Jeff Gravely? Yeah, I did with these talking about him being the statue. Um, yeah, model. yeah. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play this clip. Uh, I, I cut out, I, I cut some of it, but it's pretty long, but I'm going to play it anyway, because it's interesting and it fits what we're talking about. Him to NC State and coach, you've seen this program that coach Dave Dorn has been building for 10 years from afar. What were your impressions of it as an opponent and what was the attraction to land you here? Oh, the very uh, admirable. Uh, what he's built, what he's done. Uh, and the attraction for me was, you know, I've spent years in the profession and have developed deep root relationships with guys. It's my tribal leader. And, uh, a couple of them are on the staff here. So to, to have a chance to reunite uh, at a place that's stable and uh, uh, going in, in an amazing direction, uh, man, it was like a no-brainer for me to join. Who and what has helped mold your philosophy as an offensive coordinator? Heavy influence with uh, Lavelle Edwards, Norm Chow, who was here for a little. Uh, heavy influence with the guys that I've, I've worked with, uh, uh, namely uh, Mike Leach, uh, Sonny Dykes, um, uh, Art Bryles, uh, Dana Hogerson. Those, these are guys that have been excellent offensive coaches. And, and yes, they, uh, the system is unique, uh, not exactly the same as any of those that uh, I mentioned, but every one of those guys have influenced uh, my philosophy and, and the offense that we'll be bringing here. Quarterback is such a difficult position to play. How as an offensive coordinator do you try to simplify things for a quarterback, if simplify is the right word? No, I think uh, you want to uh, play fast. And that quarterback is the, in my opinion, most difficult position to master because so many things are connected through the quarterback. So the simpler the quarterback, uh, the faster he plays, the more you can find out about his raw skill set. If there's too much going on, then you never do get to the root of the deal where how good is he? So, yes, simplicity, play fast, and now you can find out and let his athleticism or his knack for the game take over. I know you're just here. You're in observation mode. I, I saw you at practice. You're, you stand away. You're observing. What are you looking for? What are you trying to analyze here in this early period as you adjust to becoming the new coordinator? Oh, my gosh. I'm uh, looking forward to it because there are amazing pieces here right now for a top quality offensive team. There are amazing pieces here. Uh, so, yes, it's like I can hardly wait, but got to give it <laughs> its due time. Uh, they're, they're preparing for the bowl game, doing a really good job with that. And the best opportunity in the bowl game is to keep the offense that was here and, and to keep that. But as soon as that's done, we'll, we'll transition. And, uh, I can, and I can hardly wait because there are unbelievably exciting pieces to, to build from here right now. How different do you expect the offense to be? from the existing offense, mm -hmm. uh, you know, football is football. So there is not going to be brand new, unique football things. No, not one. There will be unique terminologies. There will be unique formations. There will be uh, unique opportunities for players to be moved all over the place. That is big time unique and to do it in a fashion that's very fast without a huddle. So that part is unique. But once the ball snap, what they actually do, no, there will be nothing unique about it. For my 30th anniversary, I so he goes in and talks about yeah the story about him being the statue and in in, uh, in Maui <clears throat> on some beach. He still reminds me of some ancient tribal leader the way he speaks very the inflections I don't know 
It's that island in them. Pace. Yeah, it's definitely island pace. But it's it's great. And what I, I like what he has to say, right? He's going to use things that you and I have always talked about is unique formations, you know, putting different looks on it, stressing the defense. But this, the concept that Mike Leach always talked about is keeping things simple, make them look different, but keep them the same, you know, because then your guys know it and they can run it so they can master it and they can run it well. And I love that whole philosophy and I've yeah. been reading a lot about him. And what I, I, what I really like is that he's not just going to stick a slot guy in the slot. He's going to move guys around to whatever he thinks is going to create the best, best mismatch. So just because you're five, eight speedster doesn't mean you're playing the slot. You might go on the outside and you know, run the same jets or, yeah. <laughs> Or whatever, right? You might, he's going to use guys differently. And it, it is so like when Dave said, it's time for us to evolve. Like I was thinking, well, no shit, right? You should have done that years ago when you realized your defense was going to be unbelievably good this year. Yeah. But you wasted that defense. But moving, anyway, moving forward. Well, yeah, I wanted to say, I guess I, I the one thing I, I wanted to point out there, right, was listen to all those coaches he listed off, you know. It's it's the it's the air raid tree, right? Yeah. So I would expect us to be pretty darn pass happy. I love that he was talking about a lot of motion, no huddle, and just listen to how he was talking. I don't think he was just bsing about the current roster. I think he was very excited with the players that he saw in bowl prep and who they're bringing in the portal. Like we probably have more talent for for an eye than he's had at UVA at Syracuse, et cetera, right? So I think he sees an excellent foundation to work with. Kind of like the same thing with like 2J saying, right? Like I had four or five offers and the only one I even considered was this one because of Doran's reputation and foundation, yada, yada, yada. So like it, it just, yeah, I don't know why it took this long to kind of, maybe just things just had to work out. I think Dave kind of even said that like, man, just sometimes like people become available and it just everything works out. I don't, you know, if, if Beck had left last year, right? We're not getting, well, I guess we could have got an eye last year, right? Because he left for Syracuse, but I don't know, man. I'm just excited. I love his approach and the fact that he just says, just keep it simple, man. Like, yeah, I just feel like that was the problem with Canada was he was overcomplicated with what he wanted to do. And I think that was also a problem with Beck is like, yeah, he was just kind of square, square peg, round hole. And, uh, you know, thank him for what he did here. But, man, I- I'm just glad it's over. <laughs> I think we all are, right? I mean, I think we all are. It's, I don't know. I- I'm glad I heard Dave at least say it's time to evolve. All right, well, I should I should have clipped that. You know, he just said it's time to evolve on offense, trying to be different, do something different. Like, you, you figured that out with the defense when you went to the 3-3-5, just – can you imagine what had happened if Chadwell left last year and Beck was going to hire the Coastal? They already they already figured that out. They figured out last year they were going to hire him. And Anai was on the move. You get Anai from Virginia instead of – he doesn't go to Syracuse. You get him from Virginia. Yeah. And now we have Tony Beck's defense and Robert Anai's offense this year with – Devin Leary is a quarterback and MJ Morris is your backup. Yeah. I mean, what a difference maker, you know, 
Devin Leary, I mean, if, if if that had happened, right, and Devin Leary still got injured, Devin Leary's probably still here. Because he's with a guy, Ooh, with a coach, just an OC that wants to throw the ball. Like, I, I don't, you know, I still think Kentucky was probably the wrong spot for him to go, but whatever. Um, Kentucky also just landed Keyshawn Silver from UNC. Great for them. <laughs> I saw Rob Rod Dilworth ended up at ECU. Um, yeah. You know, what an interesting. Oh, we also didn't talk about that. Like, thank you. Thank you, Oregon. Our Ducks. You did the the Lord's business for us. You made us proud. <sighs> yeah. And um, boy, they did it just the right way. No, I mean, field goal kicking is like just killing UNC this year. Um, that doink of a PAT to win it was awesome. Um, that was amazing. You know, I'm 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 super excited. It's it's going to be I don't know. I, I I my expectations for next season are still kind of low. Um, the the only team in the OOS out of conference that I'm worried about right would be Notre Dame. I think the rest of us pretty tame. I think we have Connecticut and two losers basically. So I don't know what to expect yet. I guess we'll wait and see what happens with spring ball, but. Like, I, I just don't think we could have got the OC hire any better. I feel like the transfer portal has basically worked for us. I think it would have been nice to get that offensive lineman from UVA as well. Um, that's a place that we still need to work on. But, you know, I think if anyone's counting, I think we're still one or no, we're probably two over, I think, on scholarships right now. So at least a couple people will leave after spring and, you know, everything's not fully set there, you know, so there's still more opportunity to grab people um, and add to the roster. But, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Who? Hold on. I got. Damn, I should have put this clip in earlier. I totally forgot. Save it for next time. No, man. I'm trying to be efficient. I want to go watch this, this this playoff game with my wife, Evan. G'day, curd nerds. Another cheese making <laughs> taste test. This one, something special. Uh, this is a very. Desire. Desire the cheese man. And he has embraced it, and I, I I want to take credit for this. I don't know why, but he has embraced his his whole cheese persona, and like his Twitter name is now Sia Cheese, and <laughs> just made me laugh. <laughs> he is gone, and he's at Campbell. He's getting some of that Camel milk cheese. Uh, okay, and. <laughs> uh, I don't know if it was in the chat or somebody texted. Maybe you texted. I don't remember. Somebody asked. He goes in the portal. He played significant snaps for us last year. And the best he could do was Campbell. I didn't say that. No, somebody did. And it just made me think, like, just made me think that he kind of, I don't know, outlines our issues with the wide receiver rotations or the wide receiver room. Right. And the talent in the wide and the tight end room, I guess, whatever position he was playing. Yeah, because I mean, he—I think he got forced into a lot of spots I mean, that he didn't need to be playing. Like, yeah. I mean, I mean, just again, Keon Lassane is your outside wide receiver for, <laughs> you know, like when you're in the end zone and rank fades to Keon Lassane, like that's not a good sign for your wide receiver room. When Cheese has to play, it's not a good sign. You know, it's not great that Cheese is a better blocker than probably what three quarters of the tight ends on the team. Right. You know, it's just, I I thought it was more of a statement on 
he probably wanted to stay local if he could because he's got friends here. He can easily yeah. be a wide receiver at that level. And Campbell, Campbell, gosh, I, can't, I keep calling him Campbell. Campbell has also done a pretty good job recruiting recently as far as what you'd Real expect good. for that level. Real you know? good. Yep. So it kind of made sense. Like it, they, they must have some little secret to the sauce right now. And, uh, you know, good for them. It should have been it goodbye, have... Curd Nerds. Do we have one with him signing off? I know. It really <laughs> should. Uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to watch. I thought it was a it was an interesting point somebody brought up. It I really am curious what the wide receiver rotation is going to be next year. Like what what they do with that room. I don't know. Um we've got uh we've already brought in one transfer, right? With uh yeah, Dakari. Dakari Collins from Clemson. Yeah. You know, you you've got um geez, my brain is like frying right, right now. Gray, Timmons, Ant Smith. Maybe they bring Chris Scott Jr. back to the fold. He's a DB now, son. Ah, bring him back. Bring him back. Um, yeah, that room's got to improve, man. It's got to improve. Yeah. Here, I'll start for a minute. I got to plug my battery in. Georgia just scored again. It is 16-7. This game, this could be 100 points in this game. Still in the Evan, first quarter. Aren't these teams good <laughs> at defense and scoring? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. That's like the third wide open wide receiver on both sides. It's weird, isn't it? Yeah. One of the questions we got, I don't know if you can still hear me. One of the questions we got this, I don't know, past week or two, whatever. For the second season in a row, Dave Dorn's season was saved by last minute win against UNC. What yeah. is one prediction for the 2023 season? <laughs> um, Until I see otherwise similar. <laughs> It is wild, right? It is the last two years has just been ridiculous games against Carolina, and you lose those two games, and it completely changes the outlook by a lot of fans. Yeah, I mean, I, we said that <laughs> we said that after the game last year. Um, yeah, we said it throughout the off season, or at least I kept saying like Jesus that that really uh, put icing on a cake instead of you know a turd in a punch bowl, and you know. It, that's, I mean, that also kind of happens, I think, when you have, I guess this is his 10th year, right? So, you know, 10th year, he is good at pulling things out and saving things, right? The UNC game back in, what was it, 2016, right? That basically saved mm-hmm. his job. Like, he's got a history of being grateful to UNC for trotting out that dog turd of a team for him to save his job and save his seasons. Um, but, I mean, at the same time, it's like when you have a bunch of injuries and you have a really good defense and you got decent foundation throughout the team, you know, getting to eight wins is normal. And, you know, I think in rivalry games in particular, you can kind of throw everything out and it kind of comes down to who wants it. And the last two years, like I still think last year was just like a freak game. Like we maybe a bounce, you know, a block punt, right. Goes back to us and that game's over before it even happens. So um, I guess I'm just not surprised, but at the same time, it's kind of like because of the offense you've been trotting out there for the last several years, it makes sense that you had these ceilings in there where it was going to come down to kind of freak freak plays to, you know, we, we just have always had the margin so thin. And that's why like a guy like an that's 
it's not that he's all gas, no brakes, but he certainly wants to score when he's out there. He's not going to waste a quarter dicking around trying to probe a defense to you know prove that he's a chess master in the fourth quarter. He's just happy to go score initially. And I right. think that, you know, I think we'll avoid, hopefully, some of these butt clenchers. Um, and he's got history, too, with Armstrong and at UVA of <laughs> beating UNC teams when he had no right to at UVA, right? Right. Like, um, that, that Sam fun. Howell game a few years back, like, I mean, it was just that like, was crazy. Yeah, I just I couldn't believe it. Right. Um, that's why I'm excited. Like, this is I think this is going to be a different year. It could be the same record, eight, nine wins, maybe. But at least I think it's going to be more fun, I think, to watch both. Well, all three phases of the game. In my opinion. I think you significantly raise your floor by having Armstrong. Yeah. Like I, without him rolling out MJ Finley and Lex as your quarterbacks, or maybe, you know, they bring in some FCS guy or whatever. You're really looking at like five, six wins because oh, yeah. the, I, I think the defense is still going to be pretty good, but they're going to lose, you know, you're losing Drake Thomas, you're losing Fagan, you're losing, you know, some guys up front. Like there's definitely some losses, but I think the defense has still got enough pieces to be good. But if you were, you don't have a quarterback, you know, ex- that is experienced like that, and especially the advantage of him knowing the system that Anai wants to run is huge. I think you significantly raised your floor. Totally. And you're a coach trying to win football games. <laughs> you you need to, right? Yeah. I'm just going to close my eyes at times watching it because Armstrong's motion, throwing motion is just always, I don't know if it's because he's left-handed. Um, so- it's ginger just, on ginger hate crime here going on. Yeah, I know. I told Wahid, I said, man, we're just really getting, this is too much for me. Um, you know, it's got the little earring I think he wears too. It just really throws me off. Um, yeah, I mean, he, like he's a gamer. Like, I mean, it's going to be fine. But again, like my, my whole point with Anaya is, and a lot of it maybe was Jason Beck, his um, quarterback coach, but he and Armstrong, super functional. He made Schrader infinitely better than he was. Um, yeah. and I think probably even with, even if Armstrong wasn't here, I feel like a nice offense has clearly shown it can get a lot of production out of what I'd call maybe less traditional, um, quarterbacks. And, um, again, yeah, I think the floor is higher having two quarterbacks, assuming MJ sticks around, which I, I think he will. Um, and at some point, I don't know, like, I feel like we've talked enough about this. Like good times are ahead. Yeah. He, I think they raised the floor is basically where I'm going that what, what's the prediction prediction is you're going to see a breakout from somebody you didn't expect. I, I think you, I know some people are probably expecting Julian Gravy, a hot pick. I think it's going to be somebody that we don't expect. It's going to be interesting to see how the, the running back room shakes out and what they do with that. Michael Allen, Demi Sumo still on the roster. I think uh, if, if he's healthy, Trent Penix is going to have a lot of fun. Penix would be interesting. They use him in the Aronde Gadsden role, right? It'd yeah, or the um, Thompson role or whatever it was, the nine, guy number 99 pre-UVA, where they were just like, just put the ball in the guy's hands, we'll figure it out. Um, you know, I think, I don't know, it's going to be interesting to watch. I'm more interested right now in seeing what happens with the offensive line. I've been really, I've just been really 
disappointed with that unit. The I think we ran for like 1.4 yards or something like that per average mm-hmm. against Maryland. It wasn't the first time we've seen that kind of crappy performance. Like it's just, I don't know. There was a part of me that sat there and was watching that game. And I was like, should Kurt Rupper be worried about his job? Like his running backs have been really inefficient. The offensive line has been really bad. Like I just, I just wonder if there's more changes coming. Um, I don't know. I, I think Julian Gray is going to get a lot of burn. Um, it's hard to think of anyone. I mean, to Collins is probably yeah. going to be that jump ball threat that we've been missing. And I, and I, I and I just going to have a lot of things to work with, I think. And he seems feels like happy. he's got more than he did at Syracuse to work with. Oh, infinitely. I mean, like, let's yeah. be real. Like people were like, Oh, why did Syracuse fall off? Well, um, Schrader got hurt. I think Gatsa got hurt at one point, And yeah. so all they had was basically Tucker. And like you've seen Syracuse when they're completely one dimensional, like they just have no depth up there. It's not surprising. It's like, why, if you're a really good football player, why are you going to Syracuse? Either they find <laughs> diamond in the rough or not. Like, am I wrong? You're not wrong, but I know I have some Syracuse fans that listen to this. It's going to be funny when I get they know angry, it. Ang- angry and messages they still, tomorrow. You know what? Yeah. And they still put up, they always have a rowdy football team. I feel like Babers has done a good job of just like they're, they were better on the defensive side. Kind of like us, where it's like they had a scheme that they recruited to, and it helps fill those deficiencies. Like State runs the three three five in some way because they were struggling to get consistently good um, players at certain levels, right? We, I don't know. It's just like the back get over their it. schedule was also Clemson, Notre Dame, Pitt, Florida State, Wake, and then BC and Minnesota. The only game they meet, won there was BC. Yeah, you can meet so. us at the Waffle House outside of the Greensboro Coliseum or whatever it was that. Uh, <laughs> Bayheim was Bayheim. complaining about that one time. Yeah. Uh, the real game, though, the real bowl game that I really I want to go to one day is the Sun Bowl down in El Paso. That's the game I want to get to at some point. Yeah. <laughs> What's on the other side of the border down there? Is that Juarez? <laughs> yeah. Juarez. Yeah. Um, I know we got to talk some basketball, and I know you hadn't paid too much attention to the basketball yeah. team. Um, I've been actually writing my notes down after these games and after the Clemson game, well, I, I think a lot of people thought they're going to lose that Louisville game just by fate, but Louisville's really bad. <laughs> Not according um, to Bayheim. <laughs> yeah. Um, but they lost a Clemson game and I, I know where Clemson's at right now. They're, they're good. It felt like Clemson just had all the answers to what state was trying to do. And then state comes out, and, and I was really, I was really down on the team. Right? It, it's kind of, it was trending back towards what I expected, or what we saw last year, albeit with a little bit more talent and less injuries. But then they come out and absolutely just curb stomp Duke, that nobody saw coming. Jack Clark gets hurt. He's out for I don't know how long. So now you're down Clark and Dusan, and you come out and you beat Duke by 24, and it was never close. And then even Virginia, the Virginia Tech game, it wasn't pretty, but they won on the road, and it's a quad one win, and now State's net ranking is 27th, which to me is very surprising. I don't think they're playing great. They still went 
you know, they started that game five for four, uh, four for five from three and ended up five for 21. They still take <laughs> a lot of crazy shots. <laughs> That's fucking crazy. <laughs> and, they, and they won, which is a wild part. They take a lot of bad shots. And they're going to have games like that Duke game where they just hit everything. But then you're going to have games like Virginia Tech where you don't. And the fact that they won that game, I, I got to tip my hat to them. I, I'm a hater, but they they surprised me by winning that game, even though they really tried to blow it and that guy got super hot at the end of the game. There's still some question marks where they they, they run inbounds plays and they're uh, Turquavion gets trapped in the corner. Yeah. And I tw- again, we're talking about people not reading. I tweeted something about why would you run an inbounds play to the corner? And some guy said, well, the players got to execute the play. It's like, how do you know what they called? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, not in the huddle. I know that. But <laughs> back-to-back plays, they do dumb things like run to the corner. And I'm like, and get trapped and turn it over. And just like this team, I don't, I don't understand this team. I don't understand it at all. I love some DJ Burns. He's probably my favorite player in this team. Yeah. Casey Morsell, maybe. But they are just an enigma to me. You just don't know what you're going to get day in and day out. It's wild to me. It's it's really crazy. Yeah, it's just, uh, I mean, that's the Keats tenure in a nutshell. Um, There seem to be certain teams that we do pretty well against. Um UVA uh, is another team that struggles with it consistently. Duke in the PNC, I just, I don't know. They Keats must put something in their water. Like it's wild how bad they play against him there. Um, you know, it, it's just, uh, I don't know. I'll have to, I, I guess I'm going to have to start watching now. I mean, it'll be, if they do beat Miami, right. And then I think we have Carolina right after that too. Miami, you know, Georgia so that, Tech, Carolina, the next three. Miami, Georgia. Okay. So, I mean, there's there's a good opportunity to kind of turn things around, right? Miami, I mean, if you lose Miami, I don't think that's a big deal, personally, just because they're playing much better. But I think there's a lot of it. A lot of the things, too, for this season was there was a lot of pressure to come out firing. You get that Kansas game. Everything looks really good. And then, you know, you lost to Miami. or You lost to Pitt, right? You lost to Clemson. Everyone's just kind of starts kind of saying oh here we go and that's why people don't really show up I, I know people keep doing like crowd shots and it's just like i don't know man this is just the modern era i don't think people give a crap about basketball they really don't anymore it's just and, college basketball unless you're is- really good playing in a fun arena right like yeah. a smaller vibrant or place or if you're yeah. a quote-unquote basketball school which i am emphatic we are not a basketball school just look at yeah. how many people show up for football games versus basketball it's just it's a different thing it's a different event yeah. Um, if you want a jam-packed crowd at every game, you better get out of that arena. Is what I'll suggest, and that's not happening for, you know, I don't know. Just, ugh, anyways. Um. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm interested to see what's happening, but yeah, it's just I don't know, man. This helter skelter crap with this team is kind of it's, it's tough to watch, but you know, whatever. Just. I would like for Kevin Keats to win so that either Kevin Keats can get a job elsewhere or stabilize and, and make this place fun. And we can forget about the last couple of years. Um, I don't know why I was thinking about like Markel Johnson and that those early Keats teams and how fun that was. Um, you know, hopefully we can get back there, but I don't know, like what's going on with the, uh, 
what is it, Man- Manny Trehor? How, how do you say his name? No, that guy. Well, yeah. What is going on there? How can you be? How can you be a basketball player in this out of shape? I, I don't understand. No, that. no, like, that's that's uh, Miranda. Miranda, Trey, sorry, Miranda. Yeah. Trehor is the other guy that we didn't take. Now he just signed with uh, I don't know Arizona State or some one okay. of the schools out there. party school. My man. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I forgot his name too. Miranda. Yeah. Um. I don't understand that. <laughs> like when Kevin you, Geats was saying that he was more out of shape than than Burns. Like I was like, damn. Like that. That's a burn. <laughs> and he doesn't look like him. Like I. I don't know. I don't get it, man. I don't get it. Isaiah Miranda. Oh, God, I don't know why I couldn't remember that name. Yeah, I mean he's tall and skinny, but it's we've talked about it before. And people, I think we're out of their skis when they were like, "Oh, Miranda's coming in; he's going to get some PTs, get some quality minutes." I'm like, dude, no, you don't put in a seven foot, two hundred pound freshman. Like he's not getting any; he's not going to get run. But I yeah. didn't expect him to not get run because he's out of shape. That's that's my point. Yeah, I mean, how are you the forty third ranked? player in the 2022 class number 10 center and you can't play because you're out of shape it's freaking weird man yeah i don't know what if that's you said he was sick or something like that like i'd get it but yeah. it's just so weird and i just remember thinking as those reports started coming i was like man that is just some typical crap with like the kevin keats recruiting era where it's like you're like hell yeah here we go like finally something good's happening and it's like, Oh no, go boy. Is Stetson Bennett a running back now? What is happening in this game? No, no, this is ridiculous. God. Well, it was fun. <laughs> uh, one day know. this will be us. Chance. This will be us in a final four one year. We'll be so good that we don't even care. We'll just podcast during it. Yeah. Right. That'd be nice. <laughs> I don't know. The Miranda thing's weird. It's very, somebody in the chat today said Sasha Clea Jones. And I was like, feels like that, right? A seven footer is never going to play. Yeah. Oh God. I forgot about him. Yeah. That's KJ. They might like, they might redshirt him is what Keith said today. I'm like, huh? Yeah. What would you bring him in for now? You know, there's scuttlebutt, right? That Dusan might be coming back, right? Yeah. That's what the rumors are. I'd be surprised. I mean, you know, but that's why I would think you would redshirt him. But even then, it's like, why? Would, I don't understand redshirting in basketball. Like, no, guys, don't kids don't stick around. Yeah. Like, if this kid's good, what's I don't know. I'm just shocked that you can't get him out there for three or four minutes. I do remember when Tyler Lewis was saying in a podcast rate that the <laughs> what, I can't remember how he phrased it. He was like, but just the effort of running up and down the court like three or four times in college was insanely more difficult than than in high school. I like I remember him talking about his first season and he was just like, I could barely breathe after two or three da- times on the court. Um, so, you know, I guess these guys are just, you know, they're running full bore at all times, basically. But um, I just can't. I, I'm just shocked. That's a he's out of shape comments. You know. Yeah, very strange. Does DJ Burns have an eye patch? Some weird stuff going on. Oh, God. Yeah, the rumors of Dusan being, I don't know if Keats even came out and said it might not be rumors that he's healing better than expected and might work his way back in. I just, I keep my expectations low in this regard. 
Yeah, I, I, I mean, if that's the case, I'd rather it almost wait until, you know, end of February. Like, there's no point in rushing that guy. I'd rather have that guy for the tournament, for the ACC tournament, that is. Mm-hmm. Um, and to try to get, to get a run there, then, like, rush him back just to, you know, throw him out there. It's going to be interesting. How to, I don't know. How are we going to – whatever. Why why we talk basketball? Uh, Greg Gantz looked good. He's been in the starting lineup last two two wins. Uh, he does a lot. A lot of stuff Jack Clark does. Like the, a lot of the hustle plays and in-betweens. And I really like what he did until he shot the three and he missed it by eight feet. He airballed that three so bad that, yeah, it was unbelievable. Was this in the Duke game or the VT game? VT game. Okay. Yeah. One of the 16 threes they missed in this, the last uh, 30 minutes of that game. But otherwise, he's been pretty good. He does a lot of those like in between things. And I have kind of, we need more of that, right? I, I always wanted five Jack Clarks. To me, five Jack Clarks should be a lot of teams. I think that guy is really good, does a lot of good things, or even five uh, Casey Morcells. But Greg Gantz yeah, actually pretty – he's been pretty solid. Um, yeah, and Clark's been given that? the uh, indefinite, right? Rolling. Yeah, he's done. I think he's yeah. done. State has gotten four votes. There are others receiving votes in the AP poll. If they win against Miami, it is possible that the State-Carolina game will be a ranked matchup for the first time in feels like a decade or more. But – yeah, that'd be fun. So, anyway, basketball is basketball. I feel, still feel the same. We might win some, we might lose some, but I think we're going to end up right in the middle. Keats is going to regress back to the mean. Eight and eight, ten and ten. Whatever it is these days, on the bubble, yeah. We'll make some shots, we'll miss some shots. That's pretty much how this team is going to go for a while. They are more exciting. They are more fun to watch, but... It is basketball. So, anyway, that's all I got. I know you want to go watch this game. Yeah, I did. Twenty four seven. I bet you TC scores in this drive. Twenty four fourteen. Like Georgia, Georgia is eating right now. You know, but I, 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 you know, it's funny. These are the kind of games where I go, like, do we really need an expanded playoff? Do we really need bowl games? Like. I was thinking about bowl games in general today. I don't think I, I think the, I watched the UNC one and state. I don't think I watched really any of the other ones. Uh, I just kept, thinking to my, kept thinking to myself though, like, wouldn't this be better? Like, shouldn't we just have quote unquote bowl games in the spring? You know, I don't know. These games are so freaking meaningless. And people watch them though. They quote, I mean, they watch them, but you know, they're on in the background is my guess. Like, who's, how do we, how do we get a bowl game? Like, how do I buy a bowl game? Ask Jimmy Kimmel. He, his is up for sale. He, he doesn't want to become do a boulder. I just want to be a bowl director. I, I don't know, man. This, that whole system is so rigged. It's, it's just a great such job. A racket. It's so stupid. It shouldn't exist. I was thinking about this today. I was just like, why, why do these exist in the format that they do? I just don't get it. I would rather these games be at the beginning of the year, to be honest. Like, take your bowl game. Hey, you earned it. Okay, well, see you. See you in August. That's when your bowl game is. <laughs> I don't know if that works out, but I think um, I can't remember if it was Bill Connolly 
or David Hill or someone was, I think maybe it was, but someone was thinking about it and it's like, yeah, just have it. It's, it's just so mean. These, this game with all the transfers, opt outs, coaching, firing, hiring, you know what I mean? Like it's, these games are so boring to me now for the most part. And the, the transfer outs is in particular is just like UNC shouldn't have even been able to field a, a team for their game, you know? And so you don't know what you're getting. I don't know. It's just, I really think there should be less bowls to be honest. I don't think just getting eligible is good enough. I would cut the bowls down quite a bit and have more interesting pairings out there. If we're going to keep doing this, but you know, I don't know stop man. playing like, football games in baseball stadiums too. I cannot. Yeah, that's terrible. I don't get it. I hate it. It looks stupid on TV. And and cold <sighs> weather. Like, no, by warm weather. Yeah, that's the other thing, too. Fuck the Northeast during the winter. <laughs> yeah. It's good to play. I want to play in the Mexico City Bowl or something, like the Cancun Bowl. Like, that's... Yeah. You probably get a lot of people traveling to those games. But, you know, if you cut the balls, you lose games like that Tulane-USC game was unbelievable. And the... I, I mean, TCU-Michigan was awesome. You didn't watch Tulane USC? Man, it was amazing. Yeah, but TCU Michigan was good because it was a semifinal. All I'm saying is like it was still good. Yeah, okay. You've got the good teams playing each other. Yeah, yeah make it the top twenty five only. And make the <laughs> number twenty five has to play twice. We do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you're not in charge of I'm glad Boo's yeah. in charge of this, not you. I I'm just I'm serious, man. Like oh, make it the top make it the top thirty teams. I don't care what it is. Do whatever ranking system you want. But to me, I just there's so much ugh. The Bahamas Bowl, you know. Oh, I want to go to the Bahamas Bowl. Do I want to go there? Sure. Do I yeah. want to watch it most years? No. Like it's just, I'm just not into it. Uh, I don't know. I'm just getting to this point in my life where I got other things, right? Like instead of watching the basketball game this this weekend, I was breaking down plywood for a project, and um, and I was like, this is a way better use of my time. And I just wonder, I. I, I just, it's the same thing with like college basketball games. It's like, I'm not surprised that people are opting out of like midweek games, especially early in the season, right? Like who wants to go see Coppin State? I, <laughs> I'm just going to keep harping on this. Like there's too much, like either get better matchups, force better teams to play each other more often, or don't give me any grief when I check out for eight, 10, 80 percent of the season because it's 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 worthless yeah i mean i get it i like watching them so i'm pro i'm pro bowl give me all the, oh, bowl the games pro bowl let's get rid of that too well, <laughs> you can definitely get rid of the pro bowl this um uh, georgia right here is showing you like we had this conversation recently in the chat talking about recruiting and stars and whatnot and Georgia shows you right here why stars do matter to a degree. Now, I get it. We had this conversation about development and whatnot, but Georgia is loaded with talent. When you get all the right ones all the time, it certainly Well, makes when you a get difference. them all, and some of them are right, some are wrong, you're still getting all of them. Oh, yeah. Right? That's pretty much I, what, what I'm Georgia saying does. is like, even then, like just they, the freaks that they are constantly getting. Yeah, um, like these like guys that, are that, that interception right there is because of that freak on the defensive line just then. Oh, spoiler like, alert. Damn. Sorry, man. <laughs> oh, God, that guy's wide open. That was a terrible throw. I know. Because well, he got he got moved off his spot, right? Yeah. Um. Yeah, now, gosh, 
I'd be up for, I wish we had a draft for college football. <laughs> There's a part of me that's like, gosh, it's so annoying seeing all the, this good talent in one team. You know, I'd like to see that those guys dispersed across, across more teams, but I don't know. Yeah. Georgia, uh, Georgia right now is having like, uh, like someone was talking about, maybe it was, uh, Oh, it was cover three, right? Like this feels like a dynasty type. Yeah. Oh yeah. Big time. You know, grouping. Right. Um, you know, so everyone's just going to have to eat Kirby's lunch for the next couple, probably next year or two at least before it normalizes again. But yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, I I say, speaking of talent, we get Peyton Wilson back, which yeah, I think I is fantastic. We didn't really talk about that. You yeah, lose Drake awesome. Thomas, Thayer Thomas, um, you know, some of these other guys expected Josh Harris transfers to Ole Miss. Uh, Durden goes pro. I think a couple that are probably still undecided, but just getting Peyton back bolsters that defense. My biggest question, and I meant to bring this up earlier. My biggest question with the defense next year is going to be the safeties and nickels because yeah. I've made no bones about my love for Tanner Ingle. He's amazing. He's been so key to this defense. Finding somebody who can replace him is going to be a huge task. And guys like Tyler Baker Williams and um, yeah, you know, Cyrus huge. Fagan, you know, you're, you're really going to miss that middle, middle deep part of that defense and who's going to step up for that is really going to be my question next year. I think in some ways, this is why they tried to bring in someone like an eye. Cause we're going to let up more points. Like something's yeah. going to have to give, right? Yeah. I, and a lot of teams I think are also going to change, right? Cause you're going to start, this is, you're starting to see those, six year seniors are starting to kind of be like, nah, I'm done. Right. I mean, I was shocked that Pete Wilson came back, but um, you know, you're, you're seeing a lot of that super veteran talent start to work its way out um, across the conferences now with the COVID year after what, I guess that was three years ago and that was all granted. So um, I'm just, I was just really surprised that Peyton came back. I. Me too. Uh, Stayed healthy. I thought he was gone. I thought you had a better yeah. chance of getting Drake back, to be honest. Yeah. And I also thought, well, with Drake, too, Drake made sense to me because I was like, he just had such a great year um, stats-wise. Like, you can't expect to just do that every single year. And if you're him and you just put that up, you're probably thinking to yourself, well, what's the point of me coming back? To play with my brother who's going to be on the bench all year? Like, I think, I think he was smart for him. I hope I, – I don't know – what his prospects really are as far as getting drafted. But he's a guy I think that um, made the right decision. I'm, I'm just, I could not believe that Wilson was coming back. I, it just doesn't really make sense to me quite honestly, but um, here's a Drake Thomas hat that tweet this morning, 19, 19 tackles for loss this season past decade, 12 ACC players had 19 or more. The list includes six first rounders and three second rounders. Yeah. That's pretty like good. If Drake Thomas was six three, you know, like three inches taller, he would be unbelievably coveted. Yeah. I think his size is really just gonna work against him. But it's it's gonna be interesting to see where he goes. He's just he's productive. But I don't know if he's fast enough or tall enough. And you know the NFL is a very measurable based um organization. Anyway. All right, 
Anything else? No. Okay. As always, thanks for listening, supporting the site, supporting the pod. Join us in the pod chat. It's very active. And we'll get back to, I guess we got to talk basketball more over the next few weeks. At least I will. Dark times. No, I'll start watching. I'll start watching now that we're, you know, kind of competent again. They uh, Such a bandwagon fan. Sometimes a bandwagon, I just don't have time for the heartburn, like you were saying, right, of watching them slowly erase the lead against Virginia Tech, right? Like, I don't have it in me anymore. My heart cannot take the I – just, I just get too angry watching it. <laughs> I, I have to at least wait until the game is done. I just can't take it. Your buddies at IPS are going to shame you for not watching a basketball game. I don't care. <laughs> Make an offer to buy my Twitter handle out. <laughs> Oh god. Cuz that's it's ridiculous. I don't know if I told you that, but they were I I saw that this morning on back Yeah. It. I yeah. just I was like, "Come on, guys. Like if you want to set money on fire, have fun." Um Yeah. Donate yeah. that to our recruiting efforts. Yeah, give it to go for Tom. That's probably better use your money. That's what, and that's what I was going to say is like, "Why, you know, why wouldn't you just put it where it actually helps us?" Um Yeah. Which Still is, waiting on you to set up that pack of wolves interview. Yeah, I, I got to get to it. It's just the end of the year was just exhausting for me, and I just could not get on top of it and get my head around it. I kind of wanted to see um, how everything kind of shook out with signing day and stuff like that. And um, yeah, we'll, we'll get it. We'll get it set up because I think it's worthwhile to to talk to those guys and get a better understanding of where that money goes. But yeah. All right. Will's yawning. We got to yep. go. As always, thanks for listening, y'all. Appreciate it. Go pack. Go back.